just imagine a debate between Dr. Jay Shankar and Dr. Shashi Tharoor, both articulating India's foreign affairs policy and the viewers deciding. That is the ideal democracy. Imagine um, Raghu Ram Rajan if he decides to come back and serve India and if he has an Indian passport and Nirmala Sitaraman talking about the economy or Sachin Pilot and Amit Shah Ji talking about home ministry or Milan Diora and Piyush Goel talking about commerce. How big is t- Twitter or what was formerly known as Twitter now X, X in your world? So-called intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be, listen, Twitter is going to, X is going to, yeah, listen, if you see X videos, it doesn't sound very cool. <laughs> I'm telling you, it doesn't sound. X videos. So they're going to say that, listen, Ranveer and Tessin, X video. This is not a cool conversation because I'm trying to contest an election. Ranveer, you're spoiling my chances. We've been doing political conversations for the last couple of months on TRS. And I'm very aware that one of the criticisms for our political podcast is that people think we are very right-leaning, even though I keep saying that we're always trying to be centrist. Tehseen Poonawala is one of the most respected political commentators and analysts in our country today. In today's podcast, he spoke about what he believes are the biggest national issues, the biggest political issues in our country today from a centrist perspective. I'm going to bring all sorts of people from all walks of life and all ends of the political spectrum on the show. We've begun by getting Tehseen Poonawala on TRS. It's a fun, long, detailed but also super enlightening political conversation. He's going to be back soon on the show, but enjoy this introductory episode. Tessin P, my man. How are you doing, buddy? How are you, bro? Fabulous. And loving it that I'm here on your podcast. Thank you for having me. No, it's our honor. Uh, Man, I have been looking forward to this conversation very intensely since it's been scheduled. Uh, Honestly, I'm at a stage in my life where I'm trying to learn about the world of politics from the experts. I don't believe the news. I don't believe a lot of the content I see on YouTube. Uh, I also believe, like as we were talking about on the outside, that YouTube has kind of become a podcasting platform. Yeah. The reason for that is audiences want raw conversations. True. So that's what I want to serve them today, a very raw conversation with you. I'm also going to start off this conversation by saying that uh, I perceive you as a centrist in a very strong way. There's a lot of people who would perceive you as so-called left-wing Uh, Because you have been critical of the Modi government. You've called it out. And at the same time, the reason I feel you're centrist is because you also know the positives uh, of the government and you highlight it vocally. Uh, I think our country is in need of more centrists in general and centrist-oriented conversation, bro. I absolutely agree. And I think what India requires is centrist, like you said. So I have a theory. I call them the left loonies. So I'm absolutely, of course, I'm against the present union government, the BJP government. So they are the right. But I also think the left loonies are very bad. So my theory is the left loonies and the rowdy right are exactly the same. And I call it the horseshoe theory. Mm. So the horseshoe theory is as far away as the two think they are from each other, they're actually very close like a horseshoe to each other. And they want to cancel each other out. Mm. So, you know, this whole cancel culture that's come in with the left loonies, I even call that out. I think... 
India needs is sane, sensible, centrist voice. And that's what our country is all about. Not since the last 75 years, but even as a culture, we've always been very centrist as a nature, as a, as a land. So I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be highlighting both the sides very intensely yeah. here. Uh, what I would like to say before we actually head into political mm -hmm. conversation is uh, a documentary that really shaped up how I look at the world of politics. Right. Documentary is called The Social Dilemma. Ah. Because all of us are so governed by our social media algorithms today. And maybe I'm biased as a social media professional. But the stuff you see on your Instagram, on your Twitter, heavily dictates what you think about your country, your country's government, yeah. what it's doing right, what it's doing wrong. Uh, there is a word in English called echo chambers. Correct. Uh, would you like to explain what echo chambers are? So an echo chamber, in my opinion, is again, like I said, the, the rowdy right, the loony left. They have their own ecosystems. And in this ecosystem, they're the echo chamber. So they only, this side only wants to believe that the present government can do nothing wrong. The other side wants to believe that everything is wrong with our country. Nothing can be right. And let me take your example for that. The amount of cancellation I saw with you or the trolling about you, I think it's, I think it was ridiculous. So you're a guy, young guy doing a podcast. And I think it's fabulous. You're getting a people to come in from different shades of life. You don't claim to be an expert. You claim to learn. And I think we are here to have a conversation. But this cancel culture, I think that's cancerous for our country. And both sides need to chill a bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going so slowly into this conversation. My intention with these podcasts is to actually help teenagers. Because I feel if you can talk at the level of a teenager, then right. you're addressing the entire crowd. True. And we'll go to the depths of political uh, conversation as this conversation moves forward. Yeah. So an echo chambers, basically imagine you have four friends and all four friends say, yeah, mm -hmm. Manchester United is shit, Manchester United is shit. And then you actually start believing Manchester United is Absolutely. shit. Absolutely. That's what it is. Hmm. So, so, so you will have a group thinking that this is the best and the other group thinks this is wrong. And there is no building a bridge. Mm. And that is what an echo chamber is. That's, yeah. that's the ecosystem. You create an ecosystem where you want to believe or everyone around want, around you wants to believe the exact same thing. That's also very dangerous, especially for teenagers, because there's no diversity in thought. There is no challenging an opinion. And I think that is important because teenagers should think, should critically analyze. And when you're in an ecosystem or in an echo chamber, there is no analyzing the thought. Yeah. Uh through the podcast, I've learned that if you truly want to have a sharp political opinion, try listening to the side or the arguments that actually piss you off. Correct. Like if something is emotionally troubling you or if something is logically troubling you, at least try hearing them out. Yeah. I also believe the world is becoming more centrist because of this core thought. Yeah. Now coming back to social dilemma, what does a social media company want you to do? So say Facebook, say X. Both these companies want you to spend more time on the platform. Therefore, the algorithms are wired to show you what you wish to see. Exactly. You usually wish to see whatever validates your own thoughts and beliefs. Correct. And if people have very strong opinions against the government, they will usually be shown the stuff that which is anti-government. That comes on the timeline. Yeah. yeah. So you're basically building a digital echo chamber for yourself. True. Uh, and this is what actually strengthens that strong opinion you have. And then you can't listen to the other side. Absolutely. But I'm fine with that. But I'll tell you where the problem comes in. When political parties start believing that that eco-chamber or that ecosystem is exactly what the country is and they don't want to look outside that, mm. that is problematic. Secondly, when you're part of an ecosystem or an echo chamber and you start crossing the line or trolling or getting abusive, 
without wanting to have a conversation. So I may believe X is bad. I believe this government is not the best for the country. But at least I can have a conversation about it with somebody in a sane manner and we can argue on our points of view. I think that is what's required. What's happened is the camps are, and it's not just in politics. Look at it in sports. Look at it in um, the film industry. It's so divided. It's so polarized. The other day on X, which was then Twitter, I saw this entire fight between uh, two cricketers. I think uh, Virat Kohli and... Uh, uh, there was this other cricketer. I'm not. I'm not very good with the with the new generation. They're fans, and they were all at each other, and they were both Indian cricketers. So I think this entire polarization has become so massive that you just want to be in your comfort zone. I think comfort zone is the word. You don't mm. want to explore out of it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I noticed this as a media professional, even with the world of television. Yeah. Uh, with a significant portion of the world of journalism, I saw that people are heavily biased in their opinion. So again, they'd either be on the extreme right or the extreme left. Sure. And there were very few people who were having centristy conversations. Yeah. So I remember when I was publicly saying that I'm a centrist or I used to say that I'm apolitical, which I agree was a mistake. It's right. important to have a political opinion as a yeah. young professional in this country. Uh, I'm a centrist now. And I noticed that even that pisses off people. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I get trolled. So people go like, why don't you take a side? But I am, I am against the government, but I am a centrist. And if something is, and, and if I don't, if I can't get the fence sitters, so you're a centrist, how do I get you to understand my point of view on an issue you may not agree with? Unless I don't have a conversation with you, abusing you, canceling you out does not work. I can't be in my ecosystem or my echo chamber and say, look, I'm going to cancel Ranveer and I'm not going to go on his show. I must have a conversation with you, even if I feel your opinion differs from me. Isn't that what made this country so great? Mm. And our leaders of the past, they disagreed with each other. And we will come to that. They vehemently disagreed with each other on a number of issues, but they were respectful. They heard each other out and they would have these phenomenal conversations that shaped our country and that shaped our democracy. Counter it to, and I'm not a big fan of Pakistan or China, two countries that are not democracies. And look at how their leadership is versus what our leadership was. So I think we should take that as an inspiration. Yeah, okay. Now that we set context, let's dive deep into the political conversation. One, tell me what was bad about my political podcast. Very straight up. I want to know what sucked about it. And I have my own opinions about what sucked. And please be brutal. I'm totally open yeah. to it. Uh, the second Part of the question is that one thing that I've come to realize after studying the world of national politics is that both the BJP and the Congress have extremely strong marketing yeah. strategies. Yeah. And those marketing strategies are used to actually drive national narrative through social media. Correct. So again, the Congress will capture the one on the left side of that uh, horseshoe magnet and the BJP will capture the one on the right, right. side of the horseshoe magnet. And they have very distinct strategies. I've figured this for sure. Am I wrong in thinking this way? Do you agree with me that there's a lot of marketing and therefore very often propaganda at play from both sides? I think there's propaganda at play definitely from the government side, for sure. Uh, simply because I think the government... At, um, wants to sort of put its narrative out. And I think that's fair. That's not a bad word. Propaganda isn't a bad word. Yeah. I think the government wants to put its uh, piece outside and therefore it reached out to people like you. Look, why did the government reach out to you? They reached out to you because you simply have the numbers and they wanted a new audience to come to know. So but I think that's fine. I got but 6 million views on Dr. Jaishankar's podcast. What is 6 million compared to a nation of 1.2 billion plus? But that 6 million will critically decide 2024. So many constituencies will be close-fought. And if they could get even 500 of those people to come and vote, 
or even a thousand. It makes a big difference in a close election. I I know people who have lost an election with one vote. So even if you've converted one person, and here you're talking about six million, why not? And ultimately, it's not just about six million who are watching. It's also what spread. Six million is what who watched your podcast, but there were also people who saw it on social media. It went viral. There were conversations. So I think I think. And I know you got a lot of criticism from people that why are ministers talking to you? I think it's fine if you have the numbers, if they want to reach out, if it's a new audience. I think that's great. You should um, you should do it, and that's a great medium and should be explored. What I think you could have done better was I think you could have been asked slightly more critical questions. But again, you're not claiming to be a journalist. You're doing a podcast. You asked questions, you asked follow up questions, and that's fine. Slightly more critical questions, slightly more in depth. uh perhaps that yeah. could have been uh i do regret not going in depth with the politicians in saying that i think my strategy at the start was hey this is a big opportunity for me as a podcasting professional that i'll get to enter this world of politics uh i don't claim to know too much about the world of politics other than what i see on social media and the news Uh, I'm not a journalist. It's not my subject. It's not something I research about. And you haven't claimed to be one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never claimed to be one either. Yeah. Uh, also, I just thought that you know by revealing the human side of the politician, because over a one-hour conversation yeah. or two-hour conversation, people's human sides really come out. True. Then why don't you really let the viewer decide if they like this person or not? Correct. I don't care about like what they are putting out. uh i did try cross questioning people at in some moments yeah. but one thing i've noticed about national politics conversations versus any of the other conversations i've had be it cricket be it uh, films be it history culture spirituality all these conversations happen on a very long term timeline level where they talk about over the last 10 years last 20 years national politics they keep highlighting what's happened in the last month true it's it's kind of boring also to really kind of then yeah. go into that and critique them yeah. etc and try to get into the depth of it yeah so yeah i agree with that but i still feel a little bit more um, critical questions especially with regards to foreign policy etc could have been could have come out but then again you're not a journalist and i thought the uh, the podcast with dr jayashankar because you mentioned it was was very nice it showed a side of dr jayashankar who in my opinion i think as foreign minister on a lot of grounds has done good work i'm critical of him on some grounds but on a lot of grounds he has done good work and again this is me being and i am anti bjp but i think his outreach to for example the islamic world hmm. who have been traditional friends of india i'm talking about the modi government i think it's been phenomenal and i think that's what india requires and these were traditional friends of india whether it's egypt whether it's the middle east so i think that those are good good stands that he's taken some things and i if i'm uh, going to push it um i think that um, he could have toned down a bit on the whole buying oil from russia because now we are in a situation with russia russia doesn't want the indian rupees and we haven't got an exception from the us to pay in dollars so now we'll have to pay them in chinese currency which is an enemy nation and we've already paid them 10% in chinese currency so some of it this government needs to tone down the bravado not go about tom toming it before it's done because now russia has come to india and said look we don't need your rupees what do we do with it We don't really want to buy your products. We want Chinese currency. So now India is going to sell her dollars to buy enemy nations or um, not a hostile nations currency and pay for Russian oil. Something that Pakistan is doing. So I think little that little of that should tone down. But with the Middle Eastern countries, with the Islamic countries, phenomenal outreach of the Modi government. And I, and I want to 
uh, congratulate them for that. It's very good. I mean, what I did get as a professional is just professional cloud that, okay, now you've also entered this domain. Um, but but you're criticized for that. Yeah. So a lot of journalists um, were, and I saw this on X, were saying that, look, why, uh, why are ministers giving an interview to you rather than giving it to critical uh, media houses or to critical journalists? And my counter to that is, why not you? Okay, and I'm going to be very frank because, look, if, if you have 6 million viewers who are watching your podcast, dedicated viewers, and I'm a politician, I would want to reach out to a new audience. The media, in any case, is carrying me or is talking about my policy or whatever that I'm doing. I would like to reach out to a new audience. So why not you? So this this idea of, of why a podcaster, I think, is, is, a, is an irrelevant, if I may go, a stupid question. Even with regards to media, isn't media biased? Both sides, they are. They also have their biases. I know anchors who come with a fixed mindset, a fixed bias. So why should, why are they above scrutiny then? So if you are, let's assume you're a BJP ka dalla, why aren't they either side ka? Hmm. So that shouldn't be the criteria. I think the criticism of you also with a lot of professionals was that you got it and they didn't. I think that was part of it. Yeah, maybe that's the undercurrent. That was the undercurrent. I can say that for a fact. Yeah, I'm trying to take nothing away from the years they've spent on their journalism careers where I do have respect for the world of journalism. I have lost respect for some of the top journalists because technically you guys are thought leaders and instead of kind of drawing out centrist narratives or at least trying to be a centrist, you are stuck on one of the extreme ends and all your opinions are coming out of that extreme end. You're viewing the real world with that bias of what the social media algorithms are showing you. Yeah. So I don't have respect for you as a human. But in saying that, anyone who tries seeing the other side of the game, be it a right person trying to see the left side or vice versa, uh, I have tremendous respect. Yeah, first of all, I want to tell you, in India, there's no right and left. Let's yeah. be very clear. Yeah, it's yeah. pro and anti maybe. And pro and anti. There's no right and left. In, in, uh, I'm going to make this as simple for the college people. The BJP, in my opinion, is economically left. It's not economically right. Break that down. So many of the BJP's policies, economic policies are actually socialist policies. They aren't absolute free market champions. I mean, just a couple of days ago, whenever this podcast comes out, they decided to ban the... Um, they decided, look, we're going to ban um, export of rice. Now, in a free market... Now, you can agree on the policies, domestic policies, etc., inflation, and I agree. But in a truly free market, government shouldn't be controlling these things. They are controlling um, oil prices, for example. So I think so many other things that the, that the government does, the BJP, it's such a left government in that sense, um, they haven't really gone completely economically right. They're not absolutely capitalist. And for me, actually, that's a problem uh, from both sides because I am a centrist. Socially, I'm left of the center, but economically, I'm right of the center. I do believe that markets should be free. I do believe governments should not control markets. So I think the BGP is as left as anybody else. I have to ask you for a breakdown of the Modi government at this point. It has been a slight fault of mine and... Maybe even my production team, taking nothing away from them. Again, young team trying to just get better. Uh, that we've primarily got people who are right-leaning. Uh, and I would I would argue that you are left-leaning, at least in the public side. Yeah. Which is why I'm sending that question your way. What have the last nine years been like uh, from your eyes? It's been a mixture. But I think more... Uh we could have achieved a lot more with the kind of majority that the prime minister had. We could have achieved so much more. 
I think when the history of India would be written down 20 years later, India would have missed a decade under this prime minister for simple reasons that there was so much of strife that was created that was not needed to be created. What do you mean by strife? What I mean by strife is on certain amount of policies, there was a general fanning of polarization that created a Hindu-Muslim divide, that created uh, that created other divides, which, in my opinion, benefits the BJP electorally. The BJP benefits from polarization. And it is, and I'm not saying that the left does not play to it. I'm using the word left for myself for simple energy. They do play to it, but it benefits the BJP. And I often ask this on TV, and I'm going to say this again. Why is it that every time there is anger on in any of the states, or there is some sort of a riot or tension, the other side of it is always BJP supporters. What's happening right now in Haryana, the other side is BJP supporters. What's happening in uh, West Bengal, BJP supporters. The other side, Kerala, West Bengal, uh, BJP supporters. So uh, Uttar Pradesh, the other side is BJP supporters. Why is the one common element in every fight BJP supporters? Now you can argue, as they argue, that listen, we are the nationalists, we are this, we are, we are standing up for what's right. But the country doesn't need strife. Because when you have strife in the country, economy will never grow. For economy to grow, you need rule of law and you need peace. That's when the economy grows. Now, again, their argument is the economy is grown. We are the fifth largest economy. I get all of that. But it hasn't grown to the potential it should have grown. And I think that's where it's the last, uh, lost decade. Of course, they tom tom on how they've grown. And I'm not denying that India has not grown as an economy. It could have grown a lot more. I think that narrative is lost. Okay. You know, a right-leaning person, and I've spoken to many, yeah. would argue that, uh, what about the previous government? Why did we grow then? Or, you know, how was that? But what? we did in UPA 1 and 2. The growth in UPA 1 and 2 was more than the growth in NDA 1 and 2. And how does a teenager quantify that growth? Um, well, for st statistics and data, your per capita income in UPA, so per capita income is the income of every Indian, grew a lot more in UPA versus what it grew in NDA. So yes, the economy grew in NDA, but both the GDP growth, which is the growth of your economy in UPA, the size of your economy and the per capita growth was higher in UPA 1 and 2 versus in NDA 1 and 2. But even if you were to leave those data and statistics aside, the fact of the matter is that in UPA 1 and 2, in my opinion, it was... Um, there was less strife as a result of which the opportunities in India at that point I felt were a lot. People felt that India would, would, would continue to emerge in all sectors. Today, I feel that while India, the growth story is happening, it's only happening. And these are the government uh, numbers in the service sector. Manufacturing growth is not very high at this moment. Uh, they haven't been able to sort of uh, bring in uh, a policy on Web 3.0, on blockchain. The government isn't talking about AI. And I think we are missing out on these opportunities in this strife. And I don't see any of the big companies that have really, really actually entered the Indian market off recently in the last few years. There is FDI that's come in. They haven't really come in and set up, except for Apple, which had come in actually prior to NDA, but they've boosted up production. So I do feel that this government did lose out on some opportunities. Okay. Manufacturing shifted to Vietnam. Everyone's moving to Vietnam. And I just want to add one more thing. Every Indian above rupees 50 crores, who has an asset above 50 crores or 70 crores, is buying a house in Dubai. Everyone. Just go to Dubai. We take a flight tomorrow to Dubai. You'll find at least 10 people you and I know. That is true. Why? 
And that answers, why have so many Indians given up their passport? See, bro, between us, giving up your passport is the most difficult thing, right? Our identity is Indian. I would never give up my passport. Over 2 lakh Indians gave up their passport in the last year. Why? So it's a very difficult thing. Why are people going to countries like America, Australia, where tax is much higher? You can say, okay, Dubai, there's a tax benefit. Why America and Australia where tax is higher? So people are not, why are people giving up their citizenship? Why are HNIs leaving India? I think that's a lost opportunity. You tell me, why are they giving up their citizenship? In my opinion, there are two or three things. One is, yes, there is economic growth in India. Again, I won't deny it. But that is concentrated in the hands of the few. And Joe Biden said, a, said an amazing thing. He said that uh, monopoly equals extortion. What young Indians want is free market, where your show works on the basis of its merit, not because of who your dad is, not because Big Daddy, the government, is pushing your show. It should work on merit. Young Indians celebrate merit. There is this perception that Indians are against business. No, Indians are not against business. Indians celebrate first-generation entrepreneurs. Indians don't like government favoritism. So a lot of people who have potential, the HNIs, they're leaving our country and going because they are not getting the kind of jobs of their merit. Why is, again, let's go back to Dubai. Everyone, doctors, um, your top uh, uh, actors, your, your film people, everyone are getting a house in Dubai, getting a base in Dubai. Why? It's not a democracy. Yet everyone, because the quality of life... Strife isn't there. So strife is one thing. People don't like strife. The second thing I think where um, people have lost out or people are, are moving out is, and that takes it further from strife, is this narrative that the government can go after you. Some of these laws are very, very draconian for entrepreneurs. And that's where I come back to where I think this government is slightly controlling or left. For example, the Enforcement Directorate, they've, they've amended these laws, they've made it so draconian, you're a criminal until you prove yourself innocent. You're going after businessmen. Now forget politicians, leave politicians aside. Businessmen are being trapped in ED. Business should be easy in, easy out. If I don't make my, if, if I make a bona fide mistake, I should be allowed to pay my liabilities and leave. If you're going to trap me under ED, if ED is going to go after me for a bona fide mistake, that's not fair. People will not take a uh, risk. Your GST today is criminalized. Which businessmen will take risk? Entrepreneurs take risks. Coming to you, you took a risk, right? Starting a podcast. Imagine if there was a gun on your head. If you make a mistake, you'll go to jail. You wouldn't do it. You need an environment that's free of taking risk. Third, where is our research and development happening? I go back to our IT sector. We became, in Web 2.0, the world leaders. Because we created that infrastructure. Where is the infrastructure today before Web 3.0? Simply shouting, Apple is manufacturing India. That's great. But where is Web 3.0? What is this government's policy? I would go ahead to say we should have a separate ministry for artificial intelligence. Where is it? What is their policy? They don't even... And I'm not... You cannot make this stuff up. I was on a TV debate with somebody who's a supporter of the government. And this was when the whole crypto thing was happening. And the government, as usual, was crypt, confused. One day they were banning it, one day they were allowing it. And this guy actually tells me crypto mining is actually soil mining. And you see, you don't even have a policy. And the only answer was, You need to, how will you, how will you, if you have Web 3.0, if you want to create world-class data centers, you cannot cut off the internet. India has the highest internet cut down in the world. Where are your policies in sync with what's happening in the world? India has more internet cuts than Ukraine, which is facing a war. Is that fair on young India? 
So I think these are critical questions we need to answer and ask the government. Okay. Um, you know, as a podcaster, I'm just receiving inputs from you guys. Like you guys and your knowledge levels are like way above mine. But I can retain things. I would argue that your centrist left, Anand Ranganathan is centrist right. You know, those circles yeah. that overlap. What's that thing called? Venn diagram. Yeah. The Venn diagram of overlap is that both of you all criticize that the government uh, runs too many businesses. Too many. And it shouldn't be in the world of business. The equivalent for a con person to understand this is Doordarshan. Do you watch Doordarshan for sports? No, you watch Star Sports for sports. Exactly. Uh, now, apply that to multiple industries. Anand Ranganathan argues that this is where corruption happens as well. When you ask a BJP politician about the same thing, my gut is that they will say, no, this is because the Congress was running the country for so long and they established these systems. Now they're established and it'll take some time to get rid of them. So what were they doing in 10 years? They said that we were doing what Congress was doing. Then you get 300 seats. You promised a new India, right? You promised a new India. You should have delivered. But there's too much money to be made in those businesses. Absolutely. For any government in power, not just the BJP. Yeah, and there is power. And, and more importantly, it's about adjusting people in positions, right? Isko director bana do, isko ye position de do, ghar mil jata hai, gaadi mil jati hai, bangla mil jata hai, travel ho jata hai. So you adjust your people in it. Okay. Some of the people in this PSU, and again, both sides, but look at some of them who have been put in PSUs as directors. Absolute jokers. What do they know about that industry? So government is also using it as a free distribution. That is not being a welfare state. That is that is cronyism. Welfare state is, if is a poor child is born, he or she should get protein. He or she should get the same medical treatment that my kid gets. That's a welfare state. Why should my kid, and I love my child, but why should he have more opportunity than somebody else's child? Just because he's born to me? That is, welfare should be equal for all. Not giving some, making somebody a director in a company. There's a difference in the two. Okay. Uh, I have something to say and then I'll ask you a question. Okay. My career started in 2015. Correct. So I have only got to see this government as a professional. Before that, I was a student, least concerned with current affairs. And then once you become a professional, once you start earning money and paying taxes, you kind of start keeping a track. Correct. As you grow older, you listen to podcasts, you get access to people like yourself. Correct. So it has been shaping up my opinion. Uh, personally, as a an entrepreneur, as a content creator, I've benefited a lot from this whole geo boom in the country. M many more people are seeing the internet, etc., etc. For example, say someone in a corner of the Northeast is now suddenly seeing my content because they have the internet. So I have seen the positives of this government in my own mm. career. Uh, I would like to know kind of what the Congress government would do if they were actually in power in the last nine years. Do you think I'd see an even larger benefit? Yeah. You think I would? Who who went to court against 2G, the first uh, spectrum when it came out? And for your viewers, and a lot of them won't know it, was the BJP. So I'm not going to get too technical. When Vajpayee Ji was Prime Minister before Manmohan Singh Ji became Prime Minister, there was a policy, and I don't want to get too technical, but uh, those who are watching your podcast will understand it. There's a policy of first come, first serve. So 2G spectrum, because everything works on spectrum, as you know it, was not auctioned. And the reason for this was they wanted every Indian to have access to mobile phones in those days 2G because there were enough surveys that said, and this was a TRI recommendation, TRI is the Telecom Regulatory Authority of India for your viewers, that the more people have access to phones, the more your GDP increases. The BJP 
and this, and I'm going to name the gentleman, Vinod Rai, CAG, who I think should be in jail. And I'm saying this, and I'm using very strong language for destroying the Indian economy. And he's apologized, by the way, for what he's done. He put out a report saying there was a, uh, there was a notional loss in the allocation of spectrum. Now, please tell me, because you're an entrepreneur, one is either pregnant or not pregnant. There is either loss or no loss. What is a notional loss? What is a notional pregnancy? They, the BJP then went to court with the left loonies. By the way, the right-wing BJP went to court with the left loonies. And they had the 2G uh, spectrum cancelled. Every Indian had mobile. That's when your mobile phone came down from 16 rupees an outgoing call. I don't know if you remember it. To one, uh, to one paisa or five paisa or something. That was the boom. The BJP destroyed it. Who went to the parliament and withdrew support to Manmohan Singh on the nuclear deal? The left loonies and the BJP on the nuclear deal. And again, for your viewers to understand, the nuclear deal, or what was called the 123 agreement in 2008, gave India access to nuclear technology without it being signatories to the NSG, the nuclear supplier group. No other country in the world has this exception except India. And today, and I'm proud of what the Prime Minister has achieved on our foreign policy, today we tom tom how India is a power. India got this under Manmohan Singh. And the left loonies and the BJP tried to derail it. They tried to derail and destabilize the government. Nuclear power is a must for India. They tried to do this. So a lot of these policies, today, when you talk about, um, for example, business growing, and this government takes a lot of credit for a direct benefit transfer, which has happened to Aadhaar, you will not believe it. The first chief minister to oppose Aadhaar was the then chief minister of Gujarat and today our prime minister. He opposed Aadhaar. So they've done the same thing. And unfortunately, today we are in a, in, a, in a state where the opposition also at a lot of time opposes policies for the sake of doing it. But it's not that the BJP didn't do it. The BJP did all of these things. So effectively, my reading is that India is such a big country with such an ambitious population effectively, because this is what I have understood about both the world of geopolitics and GDP growth. If your population is intelligent and capable, your country will grow in all ways. Now, we are that country with a young population. Everyone's ambitious. Lots of people want to be entrepreneurs, etc., etc. Irrespective of which government is in power, the country is going to grow thanks to the population. It's going to become the third largest economy in the world. Okay. And you also are going to see the opposition criticizing the government in power, irrespective of which party is ruling, yeah. for the same things. They're the basically same. going to play out the same roles. So the separation is the capabilities of the people in power yeah. and the qualifications of the people in power. Yes. And therefore, because I'm a Congress supporter, which sure. I'm putting out, I want your viewers sure. to know. I keep advising the Congress that don't have a common minimum program around this election, because they've got this alliance called INDI, have a vision document. And tell Indians, young Indians like yourself, what you will do to make their lives better. Be very specific. So, for example, one of my things that I keep telling the Congress leaders and I meet everyone is, we will announce a separate ministry for artificial intelligence. We will announce that uh, internet will not be cut the way it's being cut in India. Like you said some time ago, your content is watched in Northeast. But Manipur, the internet has been shut for so long. Now, the government's failure cannot, be me cannot mean that the common man suffers, right? You can argue, look... Uh, violence is happening, rumors are spreading. How can India have more internet shut down than Ukraine? It's unfair. So this young population also depends on the internet for banking, for medical, for insurance. Your life runs on the internet. How can you shut it down? See, I like 
this suggestion this is what appeals to a young person in me talk about the future a lot more rather than the recent past or even the distant distant past and things that have gone wrong and i also believe news channels don't bring out this futuristic narrative that's mm. what people my age want to hear that okay what are you going to do different you have to again you know what i tell um, my advice to the congress leaders and i think this is where congress sometimes loses the narrative and i want your viewers to visualize imagine two restaurants Sure. One is called BJP, one is called Congress. Two restaurants, opposite sides of the road. One's on the right, one's on the left. In the BJP restaurant, you know the star chef is Narendra Modi. You know Amit Shah ji is the sous chef, Nirmala Sitharaman ji is the sous chef, Jay Shankar ji is the sous chef, Ajit Doval ji is the sous chef. You may like or dislike the dishes they make. You may dislike the Hindutva narrative of Amit Shah ji or the economy dish that Nirmala Sitaraman ji is cooking up or the internal security of Ajit Doval or the external affairs of Jay Shankar but you know specifically what you're getting you know the star chef is Narendra Modi in the congress restaurant i don't know who's the star chef i don't know whether it's buffet or it's an a la carte i don't know what i'm going to be served all i know is they are saying bjp restaurant is bad hmm. i agree I agree BJ I am a congress of I agree the BJP restaurant is bad I don't want to go there but what are you serving me I am hungry it's lunch time you got to serve me something so unless the opposition does not come out with a vision document telling people specifically what they are going to do they won't get the fenceters they need to get the fenceters so talk about ai talk about web 3.0 talk about creating new jobs talk about technology talk about liberal values talk about saying we will not interfere in your personal life ask the bjp to articulate a position set the narrative for the bjp and the bjp will fall in its trap because the bjp has a lot to answer for 9 years that they haven't done so you have to set the narrative on what you're going to do why haven't these steps been taken because they don't take advice from me they should start hiring me <laughs> and through this i'm saying watch it and hire me but <laughs> you can't be the first person who's like put forward this advice i'm sure there's other people but like I'm who's the sanest person who's put forward <laughs> the advice <laughs> okay but uh, no but um i don't know why it hasn't happened it should happen with india i hope they do uh, because people are tired of the same old politics of both bjp and congress they are tired of it yeah uh because i've been on youtube for 8 years i've access to a lot of data i have all sorts of people in my audience and i do believe that my audience does represent a significant portion of india at least correct all these young people who are following me are wondering about these same things i'll tell you what the criticism of the congress side is one there's too much rahul gandhi celebration and there are i think a significant portion of the country has lost faith in him a little bit and that's the narrative online as well please feel free to correct that narrative a little bit. i'll tell you yeah. okay so this is one uh, angle because it's looking more and more to the amateur political observer that it's kind of becoming a presidential style election where it's modi versus rahul gandhi like everyone assumes that if the congress actually is in power rahul gandhi will be made pm and if not him then who uh and when you actually pit them against each other you're talking about experience and age and power and somewhat of a track record versus someone who's not even been a cabinet minister or not even been a cm etc etc so that's the main criticism and that's why i feel a lot of the centrist votes are going to go for bjp or nota one of the two but people won't vote for congress because of this and the second criticism is this whole futuristic angle that people might don't want to watch the news uh because it's all debates about the recent past rather than hey by the way in america chat gpt is taking over the world hey by the way in china they're probably working on quantum computing yes 
So that's, and it's crazy. And again, our energies are in sync. Uh, this is the third or fourth thing that I was thinking and you've spelt it out. You know, when Rajiv Gandhi was prime minister, we built our second supercomputer. Few countries in the world have a supercomputer. India is one of them. Why aren't we building a quantum computer? I know Google's doing it. You know that America's doing it. You know China's doing it. We know that now. Why isn't India doing it? Do we not have the technology? What are we talking about today? Let, let me be brutally critical of the BJP. Who is living in with who? Who is doing not? Who is eating what meat? How does that matter? Why aren't we talking about quantum computing? Because that is going to redefine the world as we know it. It's going to, defi it's going to redefine our uh, space security. It's going to redefine everything. Why aren't we doing it? Do we not have the capability? I mean, my limited understanding is it's possibly happening somewhere. That's what I assume about all governments. At least that's what I've answered from the scientists on the show. That projects are always being worked upon. They haven't paid Israel the salaries for the last three months. Israel scientists, they haven't paid salaries for the last three months. Is that fair? And that's my issue with this government. When you ask me when I say they're socialist or they're left, three months Israel scientists. We're very proud of Israel. It's a great organization. Three months salaries haven't been paid. And feel free to uh, fact check me on this. I will. But first I want to talk about this Rahul Gandhi angle. I just want to yeah. cap it off. Uh, because you're a Congress supporter, do you look at him as your leader? Yeah, I you do. do. I do. Do you feel he's the victim of bad media narratives? No. Okay. You can't blame him. Uh, you can't blame the media for it. Uh, you have to own up and take responsibility. Uh, you can't blame the media. Media will 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 do what it has to do. Wo unka dharm hai. Dharm is I'm not saying religious wise. Sure. I don't want controversy. That is their narrative. You got to create your narrative. The most recent version of Rahul Gandhi that we saw on the internet was I think with Samdish he had done yeah. some conversation. Um, in in my eyes, and again I'm really trying to find positives, but I don't look at him as a capable leader because he's not got like a track record behind him. Honestly, pound for pound. And secondly, I do believe that he's got to work his way up. I look at him in the same way that many people would look at Bollywood star kids. Yeah. That he's sitting upon legacy. Uh, and he can definitely change this by appearing on more podcasts, by doing more media interviews where he's talking freely. You know, not, not just uh, doing the whataboutry and blaming the government, but talking futuristically. If he does this, he's a young leader and I feel he can be branded well. And this is something I feel both sides get wrong. I don't feel BJP or the Congress gets their branding right. It's too old school, but who am I to say anything? BJP's like won this election based on branding. It's too old school, both of them. But I think with RG, what's happened? I think, I, so I do believe the narrative has changed slightly for him after Bharat Jodo. I also want to make one thing clear. I don't think Rahul Gandhi at this moment is in the race to be prime minister. He doesn't, and from his family, to be fair to his family, since his father was martyred, that's 89, nobody from his family has become prime minister. And I always say this too, when, when this question is thrown about RG to me, he could have become prime minister in 2010, 2011, 2012. He didn't. So he, to be fair to him, I don't think that family is 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 obsessed about being prime minister. I think what RG, and, and to your question, why do I see him as a leader? I think what RG brings to the table is a strong moral force. He's a very upright, moralistic guy. Uh, because perhaps he's seen so much tragedy up front in his life. Imagine his father being blown up and had the body to stitch, his grandmother being killed by his best friends who used to play badminton with, they shot his grandmother. Because I think he's seen so much personal suffering, uh, he seems to be a very, very nice guy. He's a very empathetic guy. He has a lot of empathy. He cares. Um, I know that he cares about 
people, he cares about individuals, he cares about situations, he cares about strife. And it's not easy to sort of be somebody in his position. So I don't think he hankers for power. I think what he needs to do is be political. He's not the prime ministerial candidate. He's definitely the moral force of the Congress that binds the Congress. Why do you think he didn't serve as a cabinet minister in 2010? If you ask me personally, in my opinion, that's a mistake. He should have. He should have been a cabinet minister. But the more I see him now, I think he's not driven by power. He's driven more by a larger principle of trying to be a more humane person, a leader who can bring a healing touch. So I think even then, while he, forget cabinet, he could have just been prime minister in 2010. I mean, it's it could have been wrong. It can be argued it's wrong. Who would have stopped him? But the fact is he didn't. The fact is that he stood up for what he believes in and he even today stands up for what he believes in irrespective of how he's criticized. It's not easy to go to Manipur in the middle of a strife and play a healing touch and meet both sides. He does that. So I see a very humane quality in him. And I and whatever interactions I've had with him, he's been so empathetic, so kind. And I think that is amazing. So I think at some point, the nation does need somebody like him who can bring a healing touch. But I don't think he's the prime ministerial candidate. Okay. You know, I'll give a very straightforward PR a move for him. He should appear on all the best podcasts in the country from Smita Prakash to TRS to Untriggered to Dostkas to Raj Shamani. He should just go on all, show his human side, show what he's about with a bit of a game plan without his managers in the room. Okay? And see how the internet and the youth reacts to that. If he does that, it'll cover up his whole PR and this is coming straight from a YouTuber who understands the world of branding and PR. If he does this, then he needs to showcase it. I actually agree with this. And I think he should do fun shows. And I think in some way, Bharat Jodo did change his image. I mean, here's a guy who every morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, starts walking, walks 25 kilometers a day. And you're a runner. It's not easy to walk six, 25 kilometers a day. Day in, day out. Fit, young guy, meeting the common man, putting security aside talking, understanding the problem, showcasing the diversity of this country. Yeah. I think that was brilliant. Uh, I've always drawn out the national narrative from the world of cricket. Yeah. In the age of Virat Kohli, which is also why you see people like Jaisai Deepak, Anand Ranganathan, their online brands taking off. Yeah. The youth wants to see a certain amount of aggression, yeah. straightforwardness. They want to see a Virat Kohli and in alpha. everyone. And alphaness. I agree with you. Which I don't know if his moral values satisfy the youth's need for seeing that Virat Kohli type of figure. And I think maybe he has a chance to change that if he appears on screen. In a lot of people's eyes, he's not hustled enough right now to be considered a PM candidate. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think he's the PM candidate. I don't think he's 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 put that out. And the track record shows his family hasn't occupied that, that post okay. for the last 30 plus years. If not him, then who? Well, um, I do believe firmly that they should have a PM face to take on the prime minister. Yeah. I do believe that firmly. Because like I gave my earlier example of the head chef, if you have a head chef and a star chef in Mr. Modi, you need a star chef opposite it. So I do believe they should have that. Um, the political boring answers, the constitution of India says MPs will select their, their, their prime minister. That's a political constitutional answer. And that's a great answer. But people of India want to see a fight. So I think you should have somebody, whoever it is, you choose on a name who will sort of create a new vision for India, 
a vision that is different from the BJP's vision, that will challenge the BJP to speak on issues that the BJP finds uncomfortable to speak on. Economy, the BJP is not good. Their narrative is very simple. And everyone who comes to your podcast will tell you, we are now the fifth largest economy, you'll become third. You would have anyways become the third largest. Nothing's going to stop us from being third class. Can your per capita in income go from 127th in the world to third largest in the world? That is the key. Can we have an India that is free of strife? Can we create many more first generation entrepreneurs? Their narrative is so, so set up, so stuck up, that which is the obvious. So we need to create that narrative and challenge the BJP on issues that the BJP is uncomfortable. Move them beyond religion. Because that is where the BJP is at its strongest. Yeah. The BJP is at its strongest when it comes down to religion. I strongly agree with this. In terms of, again, I'm an amateur political observer. I'm an engineering grad who's focused on growing his own businesses in his career. What I've noticed in the last nine years is, sure, there's growth. Sure, there's like national fervor. Sure, there's geopolitical Correct. strength. And sure, there is a lot of Hindu-Muslim divide. Sure, there's a lot of communal tension. When you talk to the minorities in the country, there is definitely a negative sentiment. There is a sentiment of fear. And I hate seeing that yeah. because I've grown up in this cosmopolitan city. I've grown up with friends from all faiths. Uh, it does piss me off. And then when I dive a little bit deeper, I realize, oh, this is political marketing. Because at the end of the day, a politician's career is two-pronged. One, you have to get elected to be in power. Two, you have to run the country. Correct. I do believe when you are elected and when you're in power, you have the funds to be able to pay for the best minds around you. And they'll effectively tell you how to run the country well. But when you're trying to get to power, you need to have really strong political strategy. And one of the easiest ways to control masses is use religions and pit them against each other. Even if you yourself are a secular person, you might just go down that route of saying, oh, no, no, fight with the other religion. That's true. So I don't like the overall sentiment, the religious sentiment in our country today because I see Muslims around me, Christians around me, Sikhs around me feeling slightly uncomfortable. I'm not Muslim. I'm not Christian. I'm not Sikh. It's not my right to say that. No, no, but you guys should be feeling like this because I've not lived your reality. Right. Uh, I do not like this and I don't think it's going to change either. I think this kind of religious fervor is going to be there in the country. Uh, I can do my bit as a podcaster and try influencing people to think a certain way. I don't see it changing. I dislike it and I hope that people change and I hope that the masses understand how religion can be used as a tool to influence your mind and therefore your vote. You know, all we have to do, and I want I want our youngsters who are watching this podcast to know, India and Pakistan were born on the same day. You know, Pakistan one day ahead. I mean, they celebrate 14 August. They were born on the same day. Look at where India is today and look at where Pakistan is. And I'm not comparing ourselves to India. I think we should fight... Our fight should be with America, France, and Britain. Yeah. I don't consider China because it's not a democracy. Um, I know China is the second largest economy in the world. But our our competition should be that. But look at where we've left Pakistan behind. And the reason we left Pakistan behind is because Pakistan introduced religion in everything. And look at what happened to Pakistan. And India is such a great, diverse country. Why should anyone, Hindu, Muslim, Sikh, Christians, gay, transgender, anyone feel insecure of anybody else? Why can't we as fellow citizens work towards a larger greater good of making our lives and thereby the country's lives more prosperous? If you do well, he does well, your team does well, I do well. If each one of us individually grows, the country as a whole grows. So why aren't we looking at it? Why is this, even amongst my Hindu fellow citizens, why is there fear? Why is there fear of the Muslim? You've lived so many years with the Muslim. Why has this fear come up? What is this fear? So I think that this narrative needs to end now. It's not good because 
Hillary Clinton said something amazing. You cannot have snakes in your backyard and think it will only sting you or only bite your neighbors. It won't come to bite you. The minute this hate goes out of control, it will spread like wildfire and you cannot control it. Have you thought, and this is, you know, something just came to my mind. We have so many of these mob violence incidents. I'm not even getting into the religion of it. Mob violence is wrong, period. Why are young Indians involved in mob fights? Why are young Indians doing the most barbaric things, mob fighting? Mobs were prevalent in 14th century Europe. They were prevalent in 17th, 18th century United States. It's a very, it's a very uh, old-fashioned uh, thing. Why are they doing such an old-fashioned thing and using modern technology like phones to record it? For example, what happened in Manipur, the parading of the, the mob parading those two women. And they're recording it using the latest technology, the geo or the 4G or the 5G or the latest gadgets, doing something that is so old, that is something so ancient. Can you, the, the, the contradiction, because when you don't have jobs, you get mobs. Ranvi, please answer this. And I'm going to be brutally honest here and, and feel free to stop me if you think I'm crossing the line. Why is no BJP minister son in, uh, on the street protecting religion or fighting for culture or nationalism? Why is no Muslim leader's kids on the road fighting for religion or protecting religion or his culture identity? Why is OAC's kids, and I'm taking names, studying abroad? Why do Shivra Singh Chauhan's kids study abroad? Why are politicians' kids studying abroad? Why are they learning English? Why is it those on the mobs, the poorest of our poor fellow citizens? Because they don't have jobs. Why will you not be on the road with a mob? Because you have a job to do. You're an entrepreneur, you have jobs, you have houses to take care of. If you don't have jobs, you get mobs. Why has India suddenly got so many mobs? Because we aren't creating enough jobs. Which politician across the divide is telling you that, listen, with AI coming in, your jobs are going to, in a lot of ways, reduce. For example, even your secretary will go to chat GPT. For I have two secretaries, I may just have one in the future. With automatic cars coming in, you may not need chauffeurs or drivers. Why aren't they, where are these young Indians going to go? They're going to go into the service industry then? Because you have a young population, you have to accommodate, you have to give them jobs. What are we doing to make our service industry even better? Make it easier. Where are young Indians going to go? So they're going to become bartenders, they're going to become podcasters, they're going to become, um, they're going to run spas, they're going to run salons. That's where they're going to go, right? You can export your service industry. We have young population, speak good English, we can export it. Why aren't we talking about that? What are we talking about? Look at what's happening in Haryana at this moment. Look at what's happening in Manipur at this moment. Why is this happening in our country? And who are the sufferers? Ultimately, the sufferers are the youngsters, the politicians, either side of the divide. Their kids are abroad. They're studying. Why aren't their kids on the road? If there was such a threat to India, to Hindus or to Muslims, or to Christians or to Sikhs, why aren't the politicians' kids on the street? How many politicians' kids do you know of who have been arrested for riots? Zero. How many politicians do you know of who are on the streets brandishing swords, thrishuls, guns, AK-47? Zero. Why is it the kids who don't have jobs? How do you create more jobs? What's the actual way to create more jobs? First, to have a conversation, to figure out, look, the world is transforming at a rapid pace. And I'm just going to slightly diverse. I was last week with a friend of mine who owns one of the best hospitals in uh, India, Cancer Special Hospitals. They've got a robot in, which now, if, you, if your cancer hasn't spread and you don't need chemo, does the operation in two days, you're out. It precisely does the operation. So your number of doctors are going to come down for an operation. So with 
technology coming in in every field of the world uh, with jobs reducing jobs will be created in new spheres you will have to create jobs in spheres that we'll have to research we'll have to find we'll have to accommodate that that conversation is not happening so if you want to create new jobs for example in 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 the service industry we'll require more people for example to start more spas or salons or podcasts or whatever how is that going to happen what do they require can you be a good podcaster in the northeast with one month of internet cut so everything has to be has to be decided everything has to be put in context everything has to be synchronized everything has to fit that jigsaw puzzle for that you need to have a civilized conversation what is our conversation over the last few years been about hindu muslim ye khatre mein hai wo khatre mein hai my identity is being attacked why because these are diversionary tactics but again i go back none of the politicians kids are involved in this conversation they all abroad they are studying at harvard boston the best universities in the world oxford the poor out there and unless you don't give these poor people jobs they will all be mobs and that is the problem what is happening in pakistan today mobs what's happening in syria today mobs afghanistan today mobs i'm not comparing my country to it it's a democratic country with the rule of law but is it rule of law at 50 kilometers ahead of 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 haryana people are firing each other of different religion i'm not taking any religion side with ak 4756 and not one politician is asking the question that how did ak 47 and ak 56 come or sniper guns come inside haryana 50 kilometers from where our honorable prime minister stays is this an afghanistan is this a syria okay i have some observations that i've picked up from the show and uh try tying these into the thought that you are in already when i had sanjeev sanyal on the show now he works with the government he's the yeah. economic advisor brilliant guy huh? yeah brilliant. incredible mind probably one of the best podcasts did you read his book i have it yet I-, i want to read it as well yeah, yeah. That, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, go yeah, yeah, yeah. uh sanjeev sanyal effectively when i uh asked him about similar kind of questions in terms of how do you build more jobs in the country uh he said that it's any government's job to provide kind of an in- infrastructure they are working on building a massive fish tank the fish are the people who live within the fish tank and then it's for the fish to actually do their thing and try creating businesses so he said that the government looks towards the world of entrepreneurship as the means to do it saying hey we built all the infrastructure mm-hmm. for you now please you guys create things and take the country forward that's how the government looks at it now this is one ad correct secondly when i actually went for the cabinet minister podcast what people saw were the conversations i spent almost a week you know in that premises going from one ministry to another i saw how the government works i felt that there was some things that could be improved in terms of efficiency like the entrepreneur and me kicked yeah. in i was like hmm, you know if i was in charge of all this there would be certain things i would be doing better mm. like i would be a little more organized etc but who am i like to say anything i no, don't no no you are you're tax paying citizen bro you are right look just sorry i'm interrupting you the first three words of our constitution is we the people not i the president i the prime minister i the leader of opposition i the chief justice we the people we are the owners of this country my reading was that in that whole administrative system uh there's a heavy need of a lot more young people the best run department at least from my eyes was uh, piyush goel's department yeah. and he had like a few young people around him yeah uh you know a friend of mine a senior mine from engineering college was actually working with him and that dude was one of the sharpest guys in my engineering college so i actually got really happy seeing yes. him that was like okay nice. so this is the kind of energy yeah, that certain him. cabinet ministers are at least going for and again i'm not marketing piyush goel i'm yeah, just saying no, it like how it is yeah. uh i also saw that there's a big 
variety in how different cabinet ministers choose to run their ministries uh it's kind of like they are micro entrepreneurs within that ministry yeah. so effectively what i figured is one at least the feeling i got is all of them are hustling uh at least that's what it felt like because when i met them at night they were all like you could tell they've had a long work day yeah. when i met them in the morning the energy around them was very listen let's get work done and so they were working at maximum capacity of course there's all these negative things of political narrative uh too much pr about modi ji i felt like that's something the bjp yeah. should switch about its own pr saji stop talking about modi ji and start talking about the actual yeah you know cabinet ministers even they are so even they are cool people cool. start talking about yourself address all the uh, shortcomings as well like that's something that i don't think happens in politics for some reason no one addresses the shortcoming no one goes into the self criticism thing correct where the world of the internet is the audience has become really smart correct. if you don't criticize yourself they will criticize you doubly on the that's internet true. so it's important to address where you've gone wrong in the way that i didn't ask them tough enough questions that's my self criticism but the people in power also have to do that yeah now coming to this whole thing about creating jobs i don't know enough to know whether the government has it in their power to create more jobs or not i want to know specifically as an entrepreneur as an engineering guy what are the steps they can take to create more jobs so first if you want to create more jobs the government should do nothing if they do nothing it will get created I'll tell you why. I think, uh, and I'll give the Prime Minister credit. He has at times said it. Okay, I'm going to get trolled for this. He has at times said it, but also I think that he's not said it forcefully enough or implemented it enough. So I was fighting vigilantism, uh, which had nothing, which is, which was uh, both sides. Uh, as many Muslims have been lynched, believe you me, Hindus have been lynched. Believe you me, the most lynched people in India are not Hindus or Muslims, but the transgenders. आप बता दो ये सेक्स वर्कर है मार लो विमेन आर द मोस्ट लिंचड आप बता दो ये पागल है प्रॉपर्टी लेनी है विच है चुड़ैल है आज भी आज के भारत में सो दे आर मच मोर लिंच देन हिंदू मुस्लिम हिंदू मुस्लिम मुस्लिम सो आई वी आई फॉट लिंचिंग दी ऑनरेबल प्राइम स्टेटमेंट वॉज उनको मत मारो मुझे मारो भाई कोई किसे क्यों मारे जो मार रहा है उसको आप जेल में बंद करो ना सो आई थिंक द प्राइम मिनिस्टर डज मेक एन एफर्ट आई जस्ट थिंक इट डजेंट फ्रूटिफाई इन टू अ कंप्लीट एफर्ट ही शुड पुट इज फुट डाउन सो दैट इज वन I'm not even saying प्यार की बात करो Rahul Gandhi is doing मोहब्बत की दुकान आप मत करो but नफरत बंद करो Second thing I think that should happen is be the ability to speak without fear should be encouraged. We are a democracy, and I go back to what I said. The first three words of our constitution is "We the people," not "I the prime minister," "I the president," "I the leader of opposition." We the people. We the people. This country was as ours first. We the people. There's no God in our constitution. We the people are first. We are supreme. so we should have the right to criticize who we want as long as it's within decent i don't believe in abusive why should why should somebody be offended why should they be scared at itc bi ed or anybody from either side again when i when i say this you will have a lot of people tweeting you you don't know how much congress has misused it of course they have therefore the bjp came of course the congress has misused it i'd be a hypocrite being a congress supporter on your podcast saying congress didn't do it of course they misused these laws but the bjp is also doing it why should that happen Why shouldn't India be a country where I'm free to say what I want to who I want, as long as it's not abusive or defamatory, and defamation laws exist? Why should you uh, Why should you be scared? Unless you don't have these two ideal situations, jobs will not be created, because the easy way out is mobs. So you have to do this. Okay. I still am of the opinion that. if there's more entrepreneurial energy in the country and just more entrepreneurs and 
I don't know if it's on the government's hands to create more entrepreneurs. It's just a part of culture. But shouldn't the but the policy is in their hands? Yeah. Shouldn't sure. policy be consistent? Yes, and I'll also say this: most of my startup friends and people in my startup network want to incorporate their companies abroad. Why? That answers your question. I'll tell you. I'll give you a personal example. I have a business partner. He passed away in Jan this year, uh, and we ran an NGO together, a not-for-profit company, which did. a lot of work during covid your producers know that uh so when he passed away we today in august he passed away in jan till today his name as director hasn't gone out and my mom's name as director in the company hasn't come in simply because the ministry of corporate affairs website is so slow and it just takes so long you are talking of digital india i'm talking about from jan to now okay i started to process in feb we today in august the bank account should hopefully get done next week now Why is it taking so long for Zurwan's Aadhar card? And this is day before yesterday. It's digital, right? So Zurwan's only five months old. His Aadhar for that digital thing. My secretary called me thirty times. Had to try thirty times for that OTP to go through. Thirty times because it was on my phone. Thirty times because the minister the website doesn't work. Yeah. How is this digital in? So and so you have to make. You can't talk about digital India not implemented. Number two. Day before yesterday, they said, "Now we're going to ban laptops." Master stroke, great. Today they have said, "No, no, no. We'll allow laptops to come in." How can you change policy in two days? Do you not think of your policy through? Then how does a young entrepreneur? Because entrepreneurs depend upon policy. You cannot midway change your policy because you, as a businessman, make commitments based on a government's policies. Those policies can't be changed. Uh, I spoke to my senior who works with in Piyush Goyal's team. He said that. It's definitely not the highest-paying job. He could have earned much more by working abroad, etc. But he said that it feels great to work for your country. It's extremely rewarding to actually be able to contribute to what's happening in your nation. Um, man, I know like fifty people in my, from my own network and my own career who would be fantastic additions uh, to this business development unit of the government. and you know even when you bring up narratives like this it's often those two extreme ends of the horseshoe magnet then start criticizing you that oh this is so silly how can you even say that dude this is the solution to all these problems this is why i actually like i love talking to you bro because this brotherly energy and i love your communication skills but i don't always enjoy political conversations because we're always highlighting what's happened in the last one or two years rather yeah. than saying listen i think that's the solution correct um Do you ever see that changing? And I, I personally, I, I'm sure there's politicians watching this. I'm sure there's government personnel watching And this. And they're going to get trolled. Um, don't know both sides are going to troll us. Yeah, for this. yeah, yeah. This one's going to be both sides. It's perfectly fine, uh, man. Uh, uh, I'm like Leonidas and three hundred with the arrows. So, uh, but uh, do you think this will ever happen? Will we actually see changes in the way the government operates, or do politicians just enjoy the power too much? they enjoy the power too much but we need to see it if we if we think beyond the headlines that india is going to be the third largest gdp we really want to make a qualitative difference to people's lives qualitative difference we need to change it and the only way to change it is entrepreneurs the more businesses you'll create the more your gdp will grow the more you'll create accelerate uh, businesses around it the more you'll have um, jobs being created there is no other way except uh, creating businesses and dole outs is not the way because ultimately where does the money come from so for that to create businesses labor reforms even more reforms in in manufacturing taxation reforms all of this needs to be done all of this needs to be debated we need to have substantial debates on this we are not doing it okay 
the person I was most impressed by, and I'm sorry, I'm bringing it back no, so no, much you, to that. You, that's your experience. You have yeah. to share it. Yeah. Which is why I didn't talk to you a lot outside. I yeah. just wanted to be honest. Uh, was Rajiv Chandrasekhar like because he had an entrepreneurial past? I believe he's been an entrepreneur. Telecom. I think he's a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Sold BPL, etc., yeah, etc., yeah. and he's still choosing to be in government. Yeah. Now you could argue that yeah, this is probably the next human high that after money there's yeah. power. I would argue that he's trying to do something for his country. I think so. I I don't think anyone has bad intentions. Yeah. Everyone begins with trying to do something for the country, but it's so. about what they do during the cricket match that is criticized or That's applauded. True. Um I would love to see more people like him in power. People who've had fantastic business careers behind them who know how to run organizations, CEOs, etc. I believe even the Chinese Communist Party, the top leadership is a a bunch of people who've served as CEOs of companies. Yeah. At least someone on the show only recently said this. Yeah. I was that that struck me like a bolt of lightning, man. Because I know that first of all, what do you think of Nitin Gadkari in short? I love Nitin Gadkari. I think honestly, he's the best performing BJP minister. Why isn't it a bunch of Nitin Gadkaris in the cabinet then? Because the prime minister won't like it. Why? In my opinion, the prime minister likes everything being done from a centralized system. And I know that uh, BJP supporters won't like it, but it's too much about Modi ji. And we spoke about this. It has to be. You have to let go of some power. You have to delegate. See, Nitin Gadkari is his own man in that sense. He comes from Nagpur. He's very close to the RS leadership. Very difficult to sideline him. So he's able to get things done. And he's done a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard a negative word from Nitin Gadkari? Have you said, recession? I'll make bonds. That is how it is. He finds solutions. He's not crying about problems. Is he playing victim card? You'll never find Nitin Gadkari playing a victim card. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, at least speaking from the perspective of the internet, Dr. Jaishankar is currently the second most popular yeah. uh, politician in the BJP and I would probably put Nitin Gadkari at number three or maybe a close number. Maybe it's the number two position is between him and Dr. But Jaishankar. also Jay, Dr. Jaishankar has all these amazing statements that he made, the bravado statements, some of which I'm critical about. Which I've got in the end a little bit of trouble. You know, politicians, I hope they understand how important reels and shots are for their... I hope so too. Uh, ...general election uh, But listen, preparation. Jay, but Dr. Jayashankar is perfect material for reels. Yeah. Huh? For reels, he's phenomenal. With those yeah. one-liners that he does. Yeah. Very yeah. good. I think the others need to crack it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, they really need some education from young people. True. I, I, I felt that in my experience as well, that there was a lot of inputs... I gave uh, the government in general, at least the little interaction I had with them, even off camera. Yeah. And they were receptive. But I was like, whoa, I'm just 29, dude. And I figured some shit about the digital world. True. And I think these guys really need help in, in certain aspects. Yeah. So I just, I hope they're keeping up with the times, which is why I think both the sides need an overall when it comes to their PR strategies. They're not yeah. keeping up with what's and, happening And in the reach internet. out to more people. And reach out in lingo, which is understood. Yeah. Not in lingo that is to... Over the top. Is this a flimsy conversation? Because I'm not going into specifics. No, it's a very important conversation. I'll tell you why I'm not deep diving so much into the, the details or challenging any of the, some of the things you're saying, etc. I want people to view this conversation even two years, three years from now. And primarily, I'm making this conversation for first-time voters. I'm making this conversation for college students who have no idea about what's happening in the world of politics because everyone stopped watching the news. Everyone watches shorts, reels, and podcasts. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know if I'm doing justice to this subject right now because it's not my core subject. My core subject is spirituality, okay. which <laughs> so, is something that uh, we both spoke about. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But uh, how do I improve this conversation? I think we just go with the energy. I think we we we've, we've touched upon some very important things so far in this conversation. We have got a lot of specifics. We haven't got deep into the issue because we're not talking about say the economy per se or foreign affairs per se. But we have spoken about issues and we've spoken about macro issues and we must keep it on macro issues because this is what this conversation was always about and that's what your viewers expect. That's what people expect. The specifics can come closer to the date. But at least if you have a general idea what direction you're going, I think that will help people. Okay. Uh again this is all in build up to the general elections correct so i do wish to ask you uh about who your pm candidates would be from the con congress side because that's effectively how audiences see it sure they see modi ji they don't see rahul gandhi it's like a question mark right now uh what's the vision that you have i actually feel someone like you is more equipped to answer this question than congress politicians um If you were to ask me who the Congress should project as a PM candidate, yes, I would suggest somebody young who can who is good in communication, both English and Hindi, and can take uh, people along and has had experience. So the Congress has such talent; it has Sachin Pilot, it has Milind Yora from Mumbai, uh, not prime ministerial candidate, but very talented. So I think even if they don't have a prime ministerial candidate, if they can say put up. candidates as a shadow cabinet something that i've been articulating dr sashi tharur phenomenal again imagine just imagine a debate between dr jay shankar and dr sashi tharur both articulating india's foreign affairs policy and the viewers deciding that is the ideal democracy and both giving their narratives nobody's right or wrong both giving their narratives their their point i think that will be that will that will be something people will look forward to imagine um raghuram rajan if he decides to come back and serve india and if he has an indian passport and nirmala sitaraman talking about the economy or sachin pilot and amit shah ji talking about home ministry or milind dora and piyush goel talking about commerce in podcast disagreements lead to richer conversations yeah we need to see this on a national scale yes and 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 there is no right or wrong and see Uh, and it's because spirituality india is not about right or wrong india is about actions and consequences of those actions you can have your point of view somebody else can have their own and the people will decide which way is better just imagine forget just imagine a debate between shashi tharoor and jay shankar about india's foreign politics geopolitics india's relations with the us china etc imagine milind yora and piyush goel discussing commerce talking about it putting out their vision how what an what an enriching conversation that will be we can have so much to to for the for the country to take so much to choose and both can take the best of each other shouldn't that what shouldn't that be democracy and the celebration of democracy why don't sachin pilot and milind deora approach us for podcast i can definitely whatsapp them and send you i and i i appreciate you bro yeah. i appreciate it a lot yeah. but my question is why haven't they already approached that's a question they can answer i don't speak for them but i but i do know that they're both very cool people they're both very very uh, progressive uh, grounded people um very connected with their respective constituencies and it's not just them uh, so many of these young politicians i see they're so so connected with the people that they that they come and they serve from so i think that's it's amazing to see the uh, the commitment that they have towards the country or towards their constituency and i do think if more people like this come on your podcast it will only enrich your podcast because they bring such an experience with them people like this and they bring so much perspective 
So I think it'll be phenomenal. And why just Sachin and Milan? Why not even a Modi ji or a Rahul ji? Yeah. How fair. cool is that? Imagine you asking the prime minister questions or Rahul Gandhi questions. I think that'll be good. That's what democracy should be about. I will also go on the record and say that we tried approaching left-wing journalists, left-wing leaders, and they straight up denied us because they said, "No, you're right-wing. Why should I come on your podcast?" That's my problem. We've too divided as a country. You know, I always uh, use this quote: "Politics is the art of building bridges." One, one second, sorry. I want to applaud you because you just accepted straight up. You were the first person who people perceive as being left who, who said, "Let's do it," and and this give gives us a lot of hope. But now go on, bro. Because you must have conversation. I'd be a hypocrite if I don't have this conversation with you. How can I talk about building bridges but burn my bridges with you? What you if you WhatsApp me and said, "Look, we're doing this podcast. I know about your podcast." It's why can't I just build an equation with you? Why does it have to be you versus me? Why can't it be us together? Some things we agree on, some things we disagree on, but have a bridge, have a conversation. Why are we not having conversations in our country any yeah. further? Why is it about hate, about enmity, about trolling, about fighting, about putting people down? Why can't it be about building bridges? I don't get this, and I think people want to build bridges. It'll be a much more calmer society if we build bridges. If we talk to, even if I think you're wrong. If I talk to you and I can put my point of across why I think you're wrong, maybe you're open to hearing. Maybe I'm open to why you think a certain way. Yeah, and that calms things down rather than hatred. You know, the downside for me in all this is the moment I bring on the cabinet ministers, the left will toot pado. The moment I bring on left, the right will toot pado. And honestly, I'm okay with it. I love the attention. <laughs> <laughs> I love the publicity. Love the attention. Uh, I also know and I learned this from Palki Sharma, who I absolutely adore. She's and phenomenal. Huh? Respect, like she's she's one of my media idols for sure. She's phenomenal. She told me that man, don't get affected by uh, this whole cancel culture thing on Twitter because if you effectively see any cancel culture tweet, max in on like the worst day, it'll be five thousand likes on a tweet against you. What is five thousand as compared to six million? Exactly. True. So. Uh, She's like it's just a part of being famous. Not that I do get affected because, and that's a whole right. other story. I think to be a YouTuber in the public eye, you have to have a very thick skin from the right. beginning. I think so. so eight too. years of this, man, I've seen all this like over time. I'm very okay with trolls, yeah. and I'm okay to take on criticism from both sides for the sake of my country. Correct. I want to bring out like the truth, even for the sake of self growth. Why sure. not? And for the sake of numbers, at numbers. The end of the day. I love numbers. Yeah. I think that's good, and I think that's an amazing attitude to have. Uh, very often we say I don't want the numbers, I don't want the money. Why, boy? Bilkul numbers hona chahiye, bilkul yeah. paisa hona chahiye. I'm not free, dude. Yeah. So just who <laughs> 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 are in it for ethical reasons? They 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 criticized you, right? Yeah, yeah, and I get it. Yeah, that's Fair. fine. They they they. So my brother and I, we don't talk now, but uh, we did a show together, by versus by. So they did a spoof on my brother and I, and I loved it. I retweeted it. Yeah. I thought, but yeah. More ten people who didn't know I was doing a show will know. Yeah. Kijiye, boy, you're doing publicity for yeah. me. I'm very okay with it. Because I see these good-looking genetics, I would love to have your brother on the show as well at some point. But if he and I don't talk with him, I can't WhatsApp. The others I can WhatsApp. He had a cute clip with uh, Barkhadat as well. I think where uh, he said, I think he said something about why there aren't enough Muslim politicians, and then he said, said something about homosexuals. Congress doesn't have any humor. I yeah. saw that clip. So I called. So so okay, confession time. Um, I called up Barkha. And I said that the podcast with my brother was amazing. And so I saw that clip, and then I saw the homosexual part because that had gone really viral. And I called up Barkha, and I said it's amazing. And and I'll say something about Barkha. Um, for all the trolling that 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 she undergoes, she is such a phenomenal journalist. During COVID, she was on ground. 
when everyone was reporting from Delhi, she was actually traveling with the marginalized, with those who are suffering. Now she's in Manipur. I have a lot of respect for people who take their craft, their art, their work to the masses. So you can agree, disagree with Barkha's style of journalism. That's a separate debate. Her work ethics are mind-blowing. And I have so much respect for Barkha as a, as a journalist. She's, she's phenomenal. She's one of the best journalists in the history of this country. Yeah. I think that's how she's going to be remembered. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I mean, I know there's a lot of right criticism upon her because she's anti-Modi, etc. But you can't argue with the track record. You yeah. can't argue with like what you gain after that kind of a career. Yeah. You know, no one can take that away from her. No one can take uh, that I actually would love to have her on the show if she's willing to come. I can again definitely send her a WhatsApp, but you got to uh, you got to be the charming person and call her. No, no, I'd be happy to. Or, or you need to hire me and share some of your profits with me to, as your guest coordinator, and then I can get it because I'll be the best guest coordinator happy you to, can happy have. Yeah, yeah. You're a we, great... we can have a bro code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But gen genuinely, you're like a great guest to have also. And uh, as a podcast, I find myself in this weird position where very few topics take off in English. Yeah. So if I know someone can have an English conversation, I sometimes don't bring them on the Hindi show at all. No. Because I'm saving them for English podcasts. Right. Hindi, there's unlimited podcasts in this country. Sure. English, uh, it's been a bit of a challenge lately to find the next set of guests and all, man. That's why I'm repeating Abhijit Chawla so much, etc., yeah. etc. He, he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah. His whole knowledge on physics yeah. and science. And I dislike like the criticism he gets and I get where it comes from as well because he's also someone with very strong yeah. opinions. Uh, but... Man, I think I think him uh, and people like him have a lot to give to the nation's story going forward. At least, sure. irrespective of his political opinion, he's showing the world how to think and how to yeah, yeah. be like a professional. What I've come to realize about you and your world is that um, you're very connected to people on both the so-called yeah. right and so-called left and the whole political commentators uh, yeah. uh, club. Um, how big is... Twitter or what was formerly known as Twitter now Twitter, X, X in your world like does it dictate a lot of what's happening like is I know I'm sure that's your standard social media platform Correct. of choice because that's where you get to express intellectualism and your own opinions or so-called intellectualism <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be listen Twitter's going to X is going to yeah, listen, if you see X videos, it doesn't sound very cool. <laughs> I'm telling you, it doesn't sound. X videos. So they're going to say that, listen, Ranveer and Tessin, X video. This is not a cool conversation because I'm trying to contest an election. Ranveer, you're spoiling my chances. X videos. Wow, X videos. X tweets. X tweets. We're making X tweets and X videos. Who's the daddy? <laughs> I'm the daddy of X videos. <laughs> <laughs> are, going, are we going to get banned? No, 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 no. People want politicians just yeah, like this. Exactly. Be real dudes. What do you do? I upload a video on video. You upload a video on my day. You upload a video Okay. My opinions are uploaded on X-Videos. Absolutely. Okay. My performance is uploaded on X-Videos. What does it साइज <laughs> 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 
some shirtless podcast to begin with listen the two of us are fit so yeah, yeah. If, if the two of us do it yeah yeah happy like, to yeah yeah we'll be like uh, we'll, we'll 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 you're not working out nowadays you'll be doing yoga yeah yeah once once i get a little back in a shape we'll yeah, yeah. definitely do a strip down podcast where it's just you and me in our boxer briefs because yeah. apparently they are much sexier than just briefs or boxers bro that's what i've been told pants, track pants for me okay fine uh, track, track pants, pants but yeah and nicely and we do a nice uh, yeah. Okay, yeah but tight track pants <laughs> okay 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 this is now but we are talking about abhijit chawla yeah but i think he's phenomenal but i think he's phenomenal i really do and i like some of the stuff that he uh, says and yeah it's very good i i, I like his overall um, analysis even of uh, his analysis of geopolitics i may not agree with everything but i do like his analysis he has a point of view and i also like his whole theory about uh, science and physics i do like that and how he connects it to indian traditions i'm assuming that his name has reached you through x uh i'm not sure how it has but i do know of the videos yeah. in your world like what are the social media platforms that you get your stuff from is it instagram twitter youtube like how do you understand what's happening in the outside world? how do people like you understand what's happening so youtube is very restricted now for me only for podcasts i think youtube has now become a podcast medium or like shorts and instagram stories it's it's that so uh number one on instagram uh, sorry uh, instagram thing on youtube is is podcast by far then i think mine is sports at number 2 i'd like to catch up on my sports and three would be any other content that i want but uh, maybe whether lifestyle apart from politics or sure. something but uh, or if i want something about international politics in more detail then i would go through that but number one is podcast today in youtube with um, x what's happened is i think x is a very small market it's a very niche market but it's a very influential market because everybody who's somebody influential is on x now x twitter so your opinions out there sort of create a a sensation in the country there's a good chance that you sometimes think that twitter or x is the world or the universe which is much larger than that but uh, yeah that is the influential um, platform and of course then you have the facebook and all which is not so big i use instagram for a lot of my lifestyle and i do a lot of other stuff as well so i use instagram for a lot of my personal things my personal stories my personal posts also the content i watch on instagram is more personal and friends driven you don't get a lot of political content thrown to you by the algorithms i do but i but since i don't go much onto it it does i don't catch okay. it so much i also refrain from posting my political content on instagram reels or, or a post okay. i do it as my story my tv debates but i don't post that my podcast yes but not my uh, yeah so i keep my instagram in that sense about uh, the the brands that i'm endorsing or what i'm doing so those things i use it for and family do you think the world of politics and by that i mean active politicians like we just spoke about sachin yeah. pilot milindevara do you think these guys also consume youtube consume x and is that the outlet into the world or do they have people around them who are feeding them with like information both. you can't just uh, rely on x or twitter and youtube you have to have ground level see somebody like sachin or milind because you took these names they're very grounded politicians as well for all the for all the hype around their name which is which are big names they're very grounded they, they they win the elections and they come right so they have a big constituency they talk to people they are amongst people so it's not just their problems are the problems that are on x or twitter or on instagram or youtube their problems are actual very very real world problems um somebody may not have got a uh, ration somebody may need a police complaint to be made somebody the police is not taking a complaint there is some corruption there's some admission in a the hospital these are very very real problems 
Having said that, I also believe social media can be a healer and a bridge and be used for positive uh, work as well. So during COVID, the second wave in particular, my wife and I used Twitter enormously to help people. And that was like the darkest uh, recent phase of our lives. And it really worked because because of the because the way it was structured, I was easy. It was easy for me to get in touch with bureaucrats, with ministers, get oxygen supplied, get oxygen arranged. Um, hospitals would tweet me where oxygen is running out, and I could arrange it, or my wife could arrange it. So I also saw the most humane side in the gravest human tragedy India faced since 1947. That is the second wave. Uh, Twitter, in particular, was 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 a massive. Twitter and WhatsApp was a massive uh, rescuer, and I can firmly say that the amount of lives that uh, that that was saved because of what we managed to do. You won't believe it. We formed a WhatsApp group with Delhi doctors. Um, we had Raghav Chaddaon, that group. Uh, we had a couple of Delhi uh, DMs. We had some people also from the union government. And hospitals would just call me or WhatsApp me that, so we're running out of oxygen. We have two hours oxygen left one hour. And we were just on WhatsApp. We had a dashboard. We were just tweeting, getting speaking to Inox and all these companies and getting the oxygen arranged. We were also refilling oxygen and we were doing it from other states because Delhi and Uttar Pradesh had a massive oxygen shortage in Haryana. The way this social media worked, the amount of beds I could arrange, um, one of your producers, a common friend of ours, we managed to sort of arrange the bed and it was, it was you know, we managed a lot of things and that's how it was. So I've also seen the good side of social media and if it can be harnessed correctly, I think it can do a lot of good for society, a lot of good. Your voice does good for society, dude. You have a beautiful voice. Thank you so <laughs> Sorry, much. It's, it's unrelated. Thank you. But you have a very nice voice. But this, this this came from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. This this honestly came from the heart. You know, um, I'm sharing something with you. Um, I and I, you, every time I speak, I say life is brilliant, Hakuna Matata. And I just that that one phase of that that dark phase of that COVID second wave, I learned so much of gratitude because my family was safe, but I also saw so much. I saw so much of suffering. It broke my heart to see people you may know, you may know of, standing in a line for oxygen. oxygen If you believe in God, if you believe in the universe, it's something that's it's a chemical. People were If I want our oxygen so my father can live more. Imagine people calling it hope cake bed day though. What went wrong there? So many things. Um... Of course, we didn't expect the second wave to come as it did because India had survived the first wave. So we were terribly underprepared. Uh, we didn't know what hit us in the beginning till we got together. The vaccination program, which everybody is praising now, was delayed. You cannot run away from the fact that it was delayed. Uh, major democracies, except India, had, had, had placed the order for vaccines way in advance. India was slightly delayed on that. So there were a lot of factors that, that went wrong. Uh, we didn't ramp up the oxygen production enough. Uh, so we were scampering. They didn't anticipate it. So there weren't so many beds ready. And suddenly people were just, uh, everyone you knew had COVID and and and, and it was reacting and they were um, uh, not making it or landing up in ICU. And it was such a scary period. It 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 The story is actually, you know, like even now my head is standing thinking about it. And imagine for fighting for the most basic thing like oxygen or a bed. And and people are in the emergency room waiting for a bed. It, it it's just a, it's just a very dark phase for this country at that point. I I genuinely believe it's the 
craves the most grave human tragedy India faced since 1947. And a lot of viewers won't know of the human tragedy in 1947. But they may have some recollection of 2021. This was terrible. You know, um, one time Monica and I, Monica's my wife, uh, and this really broke our heart. Like, sex workers, right? They didn't have money. They didn't have clients. Now, I'm not getting the morality of it. And you know what really hurt me? I'm not doing politics. Forget every government. No government thought that, okay, the patient has come to a government hospital from a village. You have everyone's Aadhaar card, right? You, we tom-tom this Aadhaar digital revolution. We tom-tom it. Great. Could the DM or SDM or their office not call up and say, Aapke paas khana hai ko? Because, see, COVID, everyone was isolated. Hospitals were isolated. If you remember that phase, you couldn't go inside hospitals. But those patients have come from, say, in Pune. They've come from nearby villages. Or Mumbai, they've come from nearby villages or cities that don't have big hospitals, right? So they had the government hospitals or even in Delhi, Ames or stuff that time. But they came from the villages. Where were they giving them? You can't give Tell me, what use is a... I, what use is being the greatest superpower on earth if you can't give your fellow citizens food if they are hungry at that point? Have you come? Do you need something? They were standing outside on the road. And I think all governments failed our citizens. They were, they were ambulances were short, beds were short, everything. They were just, everyone was helpless. The friend that I'm talking about, who your producer and I know, is not somebody who is ordinary. He is known. Imagine for somebody like him had to plead for a bed. Why should you plead for a bed? Why does this country, why should you, why do you need influence for a bed? Please tell me. We are celebrating 75 years of independence. And as I said, why did Nehru say we became independent? To wipe our own tears. Why do you have to plead? Why should Tehseen or Ranveer make that phone call for a bed? Why shouldn't that bed be available to every Indian irrespective of his or her status, religion or gender? Why do you need influence in that? Why do you need influence for oxygen? In a city like Delhi. In any place. But Delhi, of course, it was Delhi, Uttar Pradesh. It was North India was slightly worse. But even in other places. Why? I'm not making this political. Why do you need it? What's the learning from that phase? You got to anticipate problems. You need to think three steps ahead. You need to get out of this hate. You need to you stop using dividing people. Kya us koi socha tha ye Hindu ka oxygen ya Muslim ka oxygen hai? Did anyone think that? So why does that thinking have to come in only during a crisis? Why can't we have that thinking throughout our period so that we grow and prosper faster as a country with unity? And the country came together. The prime minister did make a call of the country coming together, they did come together. And that's kudos to our country. But when we came together and we could overcome our differences in that crisis, why can't that be continued and that call continue today and we overcome our differences and move ahead together and get over these? You know what really hurt me is one call came. So these 20, 25 days, uh, Monica and I didn't sleep at all. We never slept like even a minute. And this is one call where... Um, this uh, old man called me and I knew him and he had a request. He said, you have a little influence. Do you know what influence was? 
मैं झूठ नहीं कर रहा आई स्वेयर ऑन एनीथिंग दैट मीन समथिंग टू मी ही वांटेड इन्फ्लुएंस कि उसके बेटे का लास्ट राइट्स हो जाए थोड़ा जल्दी क्योंकि उसके लिए तीन या चार दिन का वेटिंग था इमेजिन अ फादर इज कॉलिंग समबडी लाइक मी के लास्ट राइट्स करवा दो वाई देर सो मेनी बॉडीज दैट वन क्लीम्ड सो वी गॉट द लास्ट राइट्स डन वी गॉट इट डन कुंड गवर्नमेंट डू स्लाइटली बेटर दिस इवन इन डेली बोथ द स्टेट एंड द सेंटर You could have done all of this, but I have to give credit. Um, but one, I'll tell you, um, in this, I'm I'm vehemently opposed to the Aam Aadmi Party, and <clears throat> of course the BJP. But every time I would sort of call up uh, the Chief Minister's office or Raghav Chadda or uh, Sanjay Singh, at times we've sent oxygen in rickshaws to the hospital. This is one doctor whose father passed away. because um, <clears throat> they run out of oxygen so he was doing manual oxygen <clears throat> and uh, he had another critical patient his father died and while his father died in front of him he was saving other lives and we sent oxygen in a rickshaw in a rickshaw bro can we we are sending a mission to mars and i'm very proud of it i'm very proud of my country we are sending now the mission to moon hum oxygen rickshaw mein bhej rahe ye ye it is wrong and i don't fucking care if i'm criticized for it that i'm saying that this is wrong in my country it is wrong yeah i think that was the common sentiment all over the country yeah um you know no matter how much one supported say the central government or the state government in delhi i think everyone stood up in that phase and said listen what are you guys doing why is this happening in our country to our citizens because everyone could empathize with the people who were losing the lives of their relatives You know the oxygen came in that train. Kudos, and I think Piyush Goel played a role in that. Kudos, it came in the train. Train me oxygen aane ka kya matlab hai? How will it come inside the center? You need those trucks. Our oxygen cannot be got in normal trucks. Those those special containers, right? The oxygen uh, trucks that are I forgot the technical term for it. That in which oxygen? Where were those trucks? Mm. Neither the state government nor the union government had booked those trucks. So, I mean, this was crazy mismanagement, and all across Haryana, Uttar Pradesh, Delhi, it was terrible. this brings me back to that same core thought of go to the root of the problem the root of the problem is a lack of lubrication in those systems which yeah. probably will happen if there are young more agile people working with the government and that's what i noticed a lot man like the cultures decided a lot from the old guard uh, and there is no space for young people to express their thoughts generally speaking of True. course this is like a very generalized statement yeah. but i just feel if there were more young faces more uh, business oriented mindsets there we wouldn't see problems like this because a big part of running entrepreneurial ventures is to uh, anticipate what can go wrong yeah so if covid is happening and you are anticipating that some sort of an apocalypse is coming because if you rewind to the beginning of covid yeah. in march 2020 we thought it's the apocalypse yeah. so many people thought it's yeah. the apocalypse i feel like maybe the government should have been even more prepared by 2021 augustish that's when this yeah. had happened if i'm not yeah. mistaken that's true uh that was a fair amount of time they were celebrating we defeated the first wave internationally celebrating it's not right and i where i agree with you the bureaucrats who helped dms sdms even the police officers were young officers वो रात को फोन उठा लेते थे दे सम फैंटेस्टिक ऑफिसर्स एंड आई मीट सच गुड फ्रेंड्स एंड जस्ट टू ट्विटर बिकॉज दे वुड गेट द एनर्जी दैट दिस इज ऑनेस्ट वर्क हैपनिंग राइट सो यू जस्ट समहाउ डी एम सी गेट द नंबर एंड कॉल अप दैट 
can you just oxygen this hospital is desperate they would they would pick up the phone the senior ones were but the young ones were odd at it so many times in the night i would call up because the hospital had only four or five hours and they need to refill the cylinders urgently they were waiting at the oxygen filling thing and the local police there is not going to allow somebody to go ahead in the truck because everyone's there but this oxygen this hospital is running out so you have to call up the dcp or the thing they please tell you inspector it's this hospital they've run out so they would allow them to refill at least some cylinders and take while they stand in the line do you think the core of all this is a lack of youth lack of youth lack like, of youth I, again and i don't want you to just agree with me like no, if, if it's do. a juvenile statement no like, it is lack of youth it is lack of uh, youth because youth anticipate youth basically are insecure what is youth youth is insecure right agar aap 60 saal ke ho aapne sab kuch dekh liya hai zindagi aap to secure ho na how many people are secure youth is when you are insecure and in insecurity you sort of think about two steps ahead cricket analogy the gaba test young team plays more carefully wins the match wins the match occasionally it is moments for a young team to come through and you don't see too many young i think the youngest politician i know is probably raghav chadda he's brilliant yeah like who else is like young and upcoming out and out upcoming raghav is good he's phenomenal and i i well i i really really am fond of him uh, we started off together speaking on tv he was of course always with up and he's done so well and i'm so happy for him i really am happy for him um who else is really good priyanka chaturvedi from mumbai she's again very good a lot of good work she does uh, she's very good uh, amongst uh, the other politicians you're talking parliament or the world of politics in general shahzad my younger brother though we, again i said we don't speak but i think he's the best spokesperson along with sudanshu trivedi that bjp has who would you like to see from the non political world in politics have you ever thought of this in politics no no i haven't thought but that's a great question you know who i would think i think shahrukh khan would make an excellent uh, just simply because he has such brains he's he's energy ranveer singh really i just look at his energy bro the country needs energy it's a young country shahrukh ranveer have an energy to them and you know contrary to the perception i think ranveer singh is super smart yeah yeah for sure i mean phenomenal Master branding massive mm. and i think shahrukh magnificent look at that brains yeah I mean, I'm sure Shahrukh even is sleeping. He's thinking, what brains? People like Shahrukh, Ranveer, non-political. I'm thinking. I think somebody from industry would be good. Um, I there is one on Twitter now. X Harsh Goenka. Mm. The again, very empathetic man. Sometimes people troll him. They say slightly right. It doesn't matter to me. Um, he he's a very compassionate man. I I I think people who are also successful in life, if they come in politics, is good because what you have to take. आपने जो पढ़ना है पढ़ लिया है जो कमाना है कमा लिया अब तो आपको देना है ना सो आई थिंक दैट इज आल्सो देयर एंड देन यू कम इन विद दैट एटीट्यूड डू पॉलिटिकल पार्टीज गो टू सम दिस पीपल एंड से हे कम कम ऑन आई थिंक द कांग्रेस डिड दैट इन 2009 देयर नंदन निलकनी ही इज नाउ ऑफ कोर्स ही इज हेल्पिंग द प्राइम मिनिस्टर आउट विद आधार बट दे गॉट हिम ऑन बोर्ड रघुराम राजन वाज ग्रेट विद द कांग्रेस आई नो दिस गवर्नमेंट डजंट लाइक हिम टू मच बट आई डू थिंक रघुराम राजन इज वन ऑफ द मोस्ट इंटेलिजेंट इकोनॉमिक brains india has ever produced ever produced and i know there's a lot of criticism of him but he is phenomenally sharp and his and his road map for india's growth to do with climate change i think if people read about it it is mind blowing and with the climate change crisis that india is facing if we can have growth related to climate change and be the solution for the world our economy can actually do even more better 
you know climate change is one of those topics i fear even bringing up on the show because people switch off like for yeah, some yeah yeah i'm not going to get into details but that paper i mean what he said is mind blowing you need people like that to talk about it on public forums like this yeah honestly ah uh, okay wait i got to be a podcaster again yeah and now, too much of the no yeah. no no problem this is what yeah. it is man yeah but i, I, I didn't I, want to get so emotional i i, I appreciate you being this raw uh yeah it also goes to show the human that you are and your actual motivations behind doing the job that you do uh you're wearing a jacket right now yeah uh people can't see the india flag you have tattooed on it's okay, okay. we will we'll probably take a photo of it yeah, and we'll take a photo but the joke on that so okay so there's a story to this india flag so i did big boss तो बिग बॉस में क्या हुआ कि देट कि यू कैन नॉट वेद द फ्लैग पिन ना द फ्लैग पिन इज माई आइडेंटिटी एंड आई हैव ऑलवेज वॉन द फ्लैग पिन सिंस अबाउट टू थाउजेंड सेवन टू थाउजेंड एट ऑलमोस्ट गॉट बीटन अप इन इंडिया फॉर वेरिंग बाई द वे आई कम टू दैट तो मैंने कहा भाई ये क्या हो गया बट दे वर रीजनेबली वाई कॉम एंड एंड एमर रीजनेबली स्केर्ड डैट इन बिग बॉस अगर धक्का बिक्का लग गया किसी ने कुछ फेंका तो वो कॉन्ट्रोवर्सी हो जाएगी So I knew I wanted a tattoo, which had to be permanent and meant something to me. So I said, "Why not get the India flag?" <laughs> and now the joke is, every time the BJP tells me that Abdesh Troyo, I say, "Talk to the hand." <laughs> <laughs> wow! But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, do, do people take you on because you're Muslim? No. Has that ever happened? Like, have they ever targeted you I for being? I have never been discriminated in this country. This is the greatest country in the world. I also understand that people may think I'm privileged. I'm not that privileged. I've struggled a lot in life. I've really struggled in life, but I have never been discriminated against, and that's my experience. And I know that I know that people are insecure. I know the minor. I went to Supreme Court on on lynching. I know there is. a problem there is a genuine problem i'm not denying you it you think in the interiors of the country no no in uh, in look at your raw whatsapp groups look at your society whatsapp group the hit hit of course there is hit has it happened to me no but what's happened to me and what's very scary i'll i'll share this is rape threats to my wife on my face um on threats, your face mai bata raha hu mai big boss se bahar aaya and make Uh, and the reason I'm only giving the hotels uh, description is because you'd expect it to be an uh, a secure place. So this is elite five star hotel opening, very elite, uh, seven star hotel opening. My wife, me, and this actor and his girlfriend were sitting, and I just gone to pick up a espresso for myself, and this husband wife note husband wife come to me and say we saw you on Big Boss and we see you on TV selfie and that's very normal. Selfie will feel yeah no ne. फिर हस्बैंड मुझे कहता है आप देशद्रोही क्यों हो नहीं सॉरी ही सर आप मोदी जी के खिलाफ क्यों बोलते हो सो वेन एवर दिस कॉन्वर्जेशन इन इन द नाइट और एट अ रेस्टोरेंट होटल स्टार्ट आई नो डेट इट्स गोन बी अ बैड कॉन्वर्जेशन एंड आई विदड्रॉ राइट सो आई सेट सर एक्सक्यूज मी आई नीड टू गो बैक टू माई वाइफ हिज वाइफ इज स्टैंडिंग नेक्स्ट टू एम एंड ही सेज पीपल लाइक यू आई विल रेप योर वाइफ ही सेट दिस टू मी और मैं वहाँ खड़ा था आई एव एन एक्सप्रेस ग्लास इन माई हैंड and i'm trembling in anger in fear and in that one second in that one second that one second you know einstein's theory of relativity that one second to me was one hour and in that one second i thought very clearly isko main maruga to am i privileged isko nahi maruga to am i not a good husband am i a wimp for a lack of another word it's not a right word to say it's not politically but am i a wimp am i not a strong husband an alpha husband मारा तो ये क्या बोलेगा नहीं मारा तो क्या बोलेगा वॉट विल इज इन दैट वन सेकेंड हाउ शुड आई हिट हिम शुड आई थ्रो माई कॉफी ऑन हिम शुड आई टेक अ प्लेट एंड हिट हिम शुड आई जस्ट पंच हिम ऑल ऑफ दैट इन दैट वन सेकेंड एंड आई एंगर इन मी एंड आई फ्यर इन मी 
and I had everything in me in that one second. That one second paused. That one second seems like one hour. And I can rec- I recollect that one second. Until the owner of the hotel was standing behind me coincidentally, also heard it, and just caught me and said, take. And of course, they removed him. So this has happened a lot. It's not got to do with religion, but it's got to do with polarization. The amount of threats I got when I stood up for Nupur Sharma, the BJP spokesperson. And um, BJP didn't stand up for her. I did. I said, it's wrong. She said something. I don't agree with it. Um, the case will go on. I don't have a, an opinion on that. But you cannot cut off someone's head. It's wrong. What nonsense, Sartan Se Juda. It's a terrorist slogan. You can't terrorize someone. Yeah, It's wrong is wrong. The amount of threats I got. It's crazy. And that's why I'm saying hate is not good. I've had somebody come to throw acid at me. What? Yeah. The police uh, stopped them. It's now it's obviously calmed down a lot, but been through all of these phases. The core of this is because you have criticized the Modi government. The core of all the, this. Some of it is BJP, some of it the other side. Because even with Nupur, the amount of threats I got, the amount of threats I got is crazy. Delhi police had to write to the other uh, local polices that there is a genuine threat. Because I was standing up for Nupur. You cannot cut her head. It's wrong. What is wrong is wrong. You cannot do it. She may have said something terribly bad. And I'm not getting into it. You, I am sorry. If this means my life goes, it goes. You cannot say I'll cut off a girl's head. Yeah? What nonsense. Are we a banana republic? And what's wrong is wrong. There is no justification for hate. Do you think this is the price you pay for being who you are? Yeah. Describe this price in your own words. Lack, um, again, I'm very privileged, so I only have gratitude, but there is genuine hate and anger. At times, people take what you say on television personally, uh, like the guy who wanted to throw acid thought I'm anti the country because I criticized the BJP. On the other hand, I've had um, somebody come to me at uh, a five-star hotel in Delhi. Again, the reason I'm saying five-star hotel is because it's a secure venue. I was doing dinner with a diplomat, no less than a diplomat. When he comes and says, I want to cut off somebody's head, they just come and talk randomly. And the thing in that is, again, there's fear because somebody who comes openly and tells you, I want to cut off a head. This is not the the other side, Sartan Sajur, this is the other side. So I want to cut off XYZ politician's head because you are close to them. The fear is they'll just pick up a fork and hit you in the eye, right? You you can do anything, right? You're this crazy guy, right? Normal people don't go and tell people I'll cut off your head, right? So you're scared that whatever you do later on, it's just one one act of madness for that guy to get away. So there is is genuine, uh, sometimes people get into your space. There are genuine times where, because I am not in politics directly, right? So I'm also, I love my family time. I love chilling with my wife. I love going out, lounges. There are people who will try and pick a fight with you for no reason. For no reason. Because, really? it, because it becomes viral on social media. Or they'll want to pick a fight with you. So uh, even if your table is pre-reserved. And you know. Which happened recently to me in a lounge. And it's pre-reserved. And I've been nice enough to let them continue till my guests come. And then they just want to start picking up a fight with you. Though it's your table reserved. And the owners are saying it's reserved since. Not yesterday. Since about a week. They'll just want to pick up a fight. Because that becomes their moment of of putting out that content and and the way it's structured will always be that the person who's slightly more popular is at fault. It doesn't matter which side of the divide you are, the horseshoe, the rowdy right or the loony left. The the mob will go after the popular guy. 
and and that's how it happens so so there's a lot of times people want to just pick up a fight for no reason okay tahseen p while i had planned a lot of other questions i think it's a nice heavy podcast this is a good podcast yeah how was your first podcasting experience yeah this is good dude with guys like you with this kind of a knowledge bank i always feel like i've underperformed at the end of an episode like this but the good news is that it leaves me with stuff to do for the next time man yeah you, i i i'm told i always leave people wanting more <laughs> <laughs> tahseen p daddy of new india oh that's a nice uh, title thanks daddy thanks <laughs> listen that's going to turn out really, really. listen that is not going to turn out well for all the jokes he created so so the audience was know in what context that joke was so now you'll have to tell them in what context it is or it's not going to turn out well and i'm telling you we're going to be told so badly for it so you please tell them the context right tahseen's had a kid uh, fairly recently 5 But months 5 months uh uh just by the way his kids also a ladies man because of this face and this genetic pool that tahseen carries with him uh but all in all tahseen's always been a daddy now he's just literally one no no so okay so the context is listen forget i'm not giving the context this is going to be i'm telling you we're going to for two days We, you know, we are actually going to build a bridge. We are going to get the right and the left together <laughs> to troll us, which is quite cool. Out, yeah, I think I think that's quite cool. Both no, are no. going to get after us. Yeah, yeah happy to, bro. Yeah, yeah, this is more this the trolling, the more yeah. the publicity. My boy and the daddy. Tessin <laughs> <laughs> P. No beer, only biceps, and lots of love, lots of energy, lots of love, brother. This is and and I have to tell your viewers something. I've been very privileged to be in this room. in this podcast and um, another place where he and i bonded and we had this amazing uh, brotherly moment is on energies and if ever any of you are privileged enough to do a podcast here and i'm not saying this because i'm doing a podcast this room has a phenomenal energy and i think it's what plays the role in your success the energy in this room when i came in which is why i spent some time meditating before this is unbelievable and then i saw bhairav yeah yeah man ah uh, I honestly feel that uh, I would like to believe that the world is becoming a better place gradually. It might get way worse before it becomes better. Uh, and if you truly want to live out your purpose on this planet, you have to allow higher powers to work through you. But more importantly, may the outcomes of that work be love and peace. Firstly. To- totally agree. And if you don't agree with us, that is going to be very. TP is going to be back soon. TRS is going to be back soon. Thank you, bro. Thanks, bro. That was the episode for today, ladies and gentlemen. I know a lot of people will be extremely riled up because of the kind of things spoken about on this episode. I can't help you guys. <laughs> uh there's going to be people from all ends of the political spectrum on TRS. So if Tahseen's opinions pissed you off, it probably just means that you're consuming a new format of media that might be breaking your echo chamber at least try looking at it that way lots of love from ranveer and the team the political conversations have only begun i'm trying to learn and i hope that you're learning with me let's keep learning because we're the future of india and we are going to take this country to the next level together tp and ranveer will be back soon